Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win-lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel the onion. Hey, hey, hey. Well, here we are with another episode of Peeling the Onion, and we are coming at you from a very chilly Atlanta right now, both of us. It has dropped. We're recording this episode just after Halloween and just completely like the, you know, Mary Poppins swooped in through on her umbrella. It she some amazing cold breezes and cold weather has come in. And we've been hitting at night some pretty low temps. I mean like hitting around freezing, uh, where we were just sort of like partying in around in the 50s at night. So it's been a distinctive 20 degree drop. And let me tell you, everybody that I talk to is just cold and flu season, cold and flu season, cold and flu season. God, you know, people are feeling it. And that's kind of a hot topic of conversation. In fact, it just leapt out of my mouth um, earlier today that, man, people are going to be so sick because next week in Georgia here, we're going to be back up in the highs of the mid-70s and the upper 70s. So anyway, it had Cheryl and I talking Hi, Cheryl, by the way. Yo, yo. <laughs> she, she's here. I am just, here. I was just countering your hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> so, and had Cheryl and I talking as as we do uh, and thinking more about talking about, you know, quote unquote, cold and flu season. And Cheryl, share with our listeners what you like to call a cold and flu season. How, how do you in- interpret it in your language? I call it the season of detoxification, sugar overload, and dehydration. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So what we are here to kind of debunk a little bit is that it's a given that we're going to get sick. And it, it's a given that we're going to have the flu every year. And it's a given that we're going to have pneumonia or, you know, that, that we're susceptible to bronchitis. It's just one of these things that in fact, and I wanted to speak from my own experience that that's actually something that I fully believed in that I was just like every year I sort of geared up somewhere between January and March, I was going to get bronchitis. And I actually worked for a man who was completely convinced that every year he was going to get the flu and he did. And he got it pretty, pretty intently with even having the flu shot. So anyway, this is all to be to say that folks, we're going to dive in a bit today around prevention. We're going to talk about, you know, how our bodies need to be geared up to be more adaptable. Um, How do you need to set up a toolkit at home, um, a wellness a cabinet instead of a medicine cabinet and to think about how to approach things when you do get sick or if you do get sick um, or if your your kiddos or partners or loved ones get sick and you're their caretaker and to really think more about um, how as we do here on the podcast how to really stay ahead of the game so yeah. 
let's jump in. Yeah. This, yeah. Maybe prevention is key. Prophylactically yeah. taking care of, of yourself so that um, hopefully you won't even get sick. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so what Cheryl, you were saying about um, you know, dehydration and detoxification. Um, what was the third thing you said? <laughs> Sugar. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know. Cue, I mean, if we have one of those things where we could cue music, I would cue that sugar oh honey honey baby song you know like <laughs> oh, but, but i think this is real because you know we all say cold and flu season and i'm like but is it a season mm, truly yeah. is it yeah. have anything like you know i think it's an interesting thing and you know i had this epiphany many years ago where it was like you know we have school starts mm-hmm all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're packing your kids' lunches, maybe you're not, you know, whatever it is, we we kind of transition kids into school season. Now, let's start with dehydration for a hot second, because I was a teacher for many, many years. Um, I'm convinced that the majority of children are dehydrated. Um, you know, some schools are willing to let your children have you know, water bottles at their desks. Um, oftentimes they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, these poor kids are kind of chronically dehydrated in these cold, kind of weird buildings, you know. And we start the season, we start kind of start the school year where I'm like, well, are all these kids just getting sick because of germs? Or is there maybe something more to this, which again is the dehydration piece and also like the sugar piece, because as the temperatures start to drop, um, you know, no matter where you live, um, we tend to actually be more dehydrated in the winter months. We're not drinking as much because we're not getting as heated. We're not just pounding water and liquids to keep us hydrated. But also we go from school starting to Halloween, which is sugar crack on steroids. Yep, <laughs> In fact, is. sugar is actually one molecule away from crack cocaine. Mm. Yeah. It hits the brain in the same way as, as mm-hmm. crack and heroin do. It right. is really lovely. We all love it. It gives us a nice little boost. It makes us feel good. It certainly incentivizes lots of behavioral corrections in our children. Um, I'll speak from experience. And so <laughs> I was like, I feel like shit when I have sugar. <laughs> Opposite. Opposite. Well, our kids too. I mean, some kids can recognize it. Lucia's, my daughter is actually really great about limiting herself. Um, you know, we're still, we're still hoarding candy from last year it's not it's not really hidden from her even she's not she just doesn't go and like pound it but i will say yes your your point is well taken cheryl that yeah we are more dehydrated as we separate ourselves from those sweaty thirsty hotter months in the summer and you know my husband and i often talk about how we would we'll bolt out of the the house now without the water bottle, we just sort of forget about it. It's not top of mind. You know, we're not, we're not sweating as much. Um, you know, if we work out, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have a glass of water before and after and make sure we take care of ourselves. But we're talking about like the rest of the day, um, as we have our heaters on, I mean, especially back Cheryl, when you and I lived in New York and it was all radiant heaters and we had very little control. Man, we were, yeah. So it, it was just, you know, you'd wake up and you feel like, you know, somebody had like sucked out all your I'm moisture sorry. just out of your body. Like, yes, sucked it out. 
So our heaters are pulling out, um, are pulling out moisture from our body while we sleep. Um, it's it's oddly enough even more important to wake up and and rehydrate in the winter. Yeah, and but really year round because we dehydrate oh, as right. we sleep. That's For our body's sure. healing mechanism. So yes, but yeah. but there's there's a reason there, like even just to make sure that we're encouraging our kids to drink a full glass of water before they go mm-hmm. to school, um, yeah. or at least to eat enough fruit to sort of compensate there for for um, water intake a little bit at breakfast. Um, but as we get going through the cold and flu season, you know, as you know, it's it's talked about on the media. It's it's brought up by school principals and teachers in terms of prevention. Um, I mean, sure, kids. You know, we're all you know, kids will start to get sniffles as the temperature changes. Maybe a little bit of a runny nose as you walk in the door. What we're talking about here is that as we get temperature swings and as things shift and move, your body just needs to be more adaptable. And as we talk about dehydration and um and sugar and detoxification you know coming out of you know Cheryl's <laughs> phrasing what we're talking about here is helping our body to be more adaptable to to stay hydrated to avoid toxins like sugar and to and to make sure that we're still doing the things we need to do to detoxify um that gives us the ability to be you know t- to handle a germ load in the classroom, a, you know, a swing from, you know, 50 degrees at night to 30 degrees at night, right. To handle the stress of the holidays a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. When you agree, Cheryl. Yeah. I mean, and I think if we go backwards just a little bit and really go back to the fundamental philosophy, our bodies are meant to be adaptive and our bodies are smart. They mm. know what to do, whether we decide to throw things at them or not. And when the body becomes overwhelmed due to crap food, toxins, and stress, right? Mm. Whatever that looks like, and that can come in many arenas, what we see is then the body is naturally going to try to support itself, which is that detoxification piece that you were kind of mentioning. Um, You know, I think this really shows up in the things like a runny nose, Mm-hmm. Your body's trying to excrete things, right? Like we're meant to be detoxing all the time, but that's through the sweat, that's through urine, that's through bowel movements, you know, lots of other things. Um, but when we start to see, again, runny nose, coughs, right? The body is expressing things, it's trying to get it out because the body is naturally trying to accommodate, right? Mm-hmm. It's taking care of itself, you know, even things like a fever. That's the body warming up because it's trying to make the body sweat Mm -hmm. so it can clear and detox. So my thing is my personal thing and now, you know, Nancy may or may not agree with me on this, but like, Mm. you know, is it a germ or is it that the body is responding to the environment that it has been put into, right? And we come off of, and what I was getting ready to say earlier is we come off of school starting, Halloween, going into holidays. Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving, we go into all the, you know, through all the Jewish holidays, we go through Kwanzaa, we go through Christmas, we go through New Year's, right? Mm -hmm. We are in this perpetual thing where we're not necessarily thinking about like what is coming into our bodies all the time. Like, I think we logically know and check the box of like, oh, I probably had too much alcohol last night or "Mm, 
X, Y, and Z, you know, I probably need to be eating a little bit better, but we're, we're going to more events. Like, Mm -hmm. are we, you know, getting less sleep, you know, we're not getting as much sunlight, vitamin D, you know, we're waking up at a time of year where, um, in many places, not everywhere, um, where, you know, we're not getting, we're waking up in the dark and we're going to bed or coming home in the dark. We're not getting as much sunlight exposure. And all these things are, um, you know, helping the immune system. And so, you know, I like to always use um, this sort of analogy that like the body is a bucket Mm. and it's never one thing does us anything in the body. It's a series of things. And so if you think about it, the bucket's filling up for whatever reasons you were out too late on Halloween, you had a crap ton of candy. You didn't have enough water. Maybe you haven't had any real food in a couple days, you know, whatever it is. And then something else is just a thing that knocks that bucket over. And the next thing you know, your body, um, you're sick or something is happening. And, but again, are you sick or are you detoxing? Mm. Yeah, it's complicated. I think, you know, having back in the day when Lucia was a baby, uh, you know, I was never a believer in over using hand sanitizer and sanitizing everything that I touched. Mm-hmm. That was never something that I believed in. But let me tell you when I, she was kept at home and then like maybe, you know, had three days a week at a sitter's house and we got blasted. She got blasted, especially. And then it kind of passed off to Greg and I a little bit, um, but like stomach viruses and stuff like that, man. I mean, it, you, <laughs> after having, you know, the, you know, 10th round of hand, foot, mouth. It was just like, at some point in time, you know, and many people reminded me that it needs, we just needed to build her immune system. This is a natural process. This is very good. It also was really hard. (laughs) So (laughs) there were like really hard moments where when you've got a sick baby, who's puking and pooping and, um, and constantly sick and not at the daycare center where, or, you know, at school where she should be. So you can go do your job and do the things that you need to do. Um, the whole cycle became really taxing on, on my husband and I, and let me tell you, I, I would show up at Kroger, you know, at like at the grocery store and you better bet I'm wiping that cart down. I just am because, and, and I'm in, I'm in grocery stores constantly, um, now I'm running, I'm running myself ragged and it isn't, um, it isn't what I love to do, but it is like the only, you know, I'm, it's, you're right. I'm preventing my bucket from becoming too full. Sometimes I feel like I'm just skirting by that. Literally I'm just barely, you know, cutting it a little tight around that edge, around that turn, you know, that I can feel the cold coming on. And if I can, take a step back and eat well and load up on supplements um, and get a good sweat in that I can get around it and it will only result in a runny nose instead of a couple days fully down and in bed. So it just, I'm with you. I'm, I think the prevention side of it for me is exactly what you're saying, Cheryl, is, which is to, you know, we'll talk about, you know, how to stock up and, you know, have the right tools in your toolkit. But the thing that I think really changed, there's a couple of things that really were a game changer for me. I guess I, like, like I said at the beginning, as we got started, I used to have regular bouts of 
bronchitis. I was also still a, a cigarette smoker, so that didn't help. But it was a common occurrence that, you know, once it got really cold and my lungs couldn't take it anymore and I was post-holidays, I just was so run down. And like you said, the bucket was full, it tipped over. And that's because I was still smoking, you know, my lungs just couldn't handle it. And whatever got whatever got in me and mm-hmm. and sat and attached and hung out in my lungs and you know, I sounded I sounded like a really sick barking dog for a while. <laughs> oh. So yeah, but so that being said, though, you know, I met my husband um, way back when in 2006, and he's always been a really big runner. And it's a kind of a joke between us that when we were first dating, and I was I would go over and and uh, stay at his place over in Jersey City. Um, you know, it, it was quickly winter time we we met in november so we're talking like quickly january february march and he's like i don't care if it's 20 degrees outside we're gonna put on clothes and we're going for a run and his bottom like he had a a temperature level where he wouldn't go running anymore and that was like 18 degrees like that's new that's where he knew he couldn't it wasn't really comfortable and then you know so getting what i'm trying to get at is getting out and being active in the winter. And I think if you live anywhere up North where it snows, um, where it's more rural, where if, you know, if you didn't get out and actually find some sort of winter sport um, to get outside, you would probably go mad. You know, I have a girlfriend of mine who moved to Vermont. It was like, I just had to figure out how to get dressed, how to, how to, how to have the right gear and get out. So it keep, it kept me really, really healthy. It kept me adaptable because I was out in the, in the fresh air and feeling mm-hmm. the cold weather. It wasn't such a shock to my system. Every time I left, you know, the, the warm snug apartment that I was in. Um, and then to, to top it off, I was also getting deeper and deeper into Eastern medicine. And so my my prevention toolkit, which I know is true for you, Cheryl, is just like eat with the seasons to like eat with cooked food, warm food, nourishing food, simple food um, that my body could easily digest and process and feel supported by. And of course, to to continue, like we said, to drink water, but instead of you know, be adding, you know, cold ice cubes to my water, you know, as, and I'm, I'm always kind of a room temp girl, but you know, these, these Georgia summers kind of been kind of hard on me working in the, like a really hot kitchen. Sometimes a yeah. whole glass of water just hits the spot, but I will really try to do room temp. So my body doesn't have to adapt to that again, to that shock of cold coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're, you know, again, you know, making sure that I'm sweating, that I'm eating and I'm drinking enough and of course sleep. Um, and we can, we can push our bodies pretty, pretty hard. Right. But then, but, but we've got to give it what it needs to feel right. Hold its own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're meant to be adaptable. We need to be metabolically flexible. Um, as well. And I, you know, I think it's, I think it's an interesting conversation because our bodies, again, they give us signals, they tell us things. And, you know, I believe when we're just, when we're starting to feel a little sick, a little run down or whatever it is, our body is saying to slow down and rest and to heal, you know? And it's like, I tell everybody, I'm like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like take a day off. You know, like your body is saying heal. It's saying to rest. It's, you know, 
giving you, giving you those, those heads up, you know? And I think us as adults, we're slightly different than kids. You know, I feel like kids just some like randomly puke every once in a while <laughs> and they're totally fine. <laughs> they don't have anything, no fever, no anything. Right. It's mm-hmm. just their bodies are, their bodies are adapting. Like, you yeah. know, there are things that happen. Um, but you know, I am, I too, am a big fan of like having things on hands so that if, and when your body is challenged, you have support in place, um, you know, one of the things that I have, you know, always you're kind of year round, um, but especially in the cooler months, something we go through a lot more of is bone broth. Mm-hmm. We always have, you know, a bunch of it made. I use my Instant Pot and mm-hmm. I just make a big batch for like the month. Um, and I put it in ice cube trays and I put it in, you know, containers and then, you know, for soups and broths or a cup of bone broth with miso in the morning um whatever it yeah. is um and then yeah. you know also the things that i keep in my my personal apothecary um if you will and the stuff that i like to have around but you nailed it on the head nancy which is also like we're meant to be eating with the seasons when it's getting colder out we're not supposed to be eating things like bananas year round those are foods mm-hmm. that grow in warm tropical climates and don't grow in our own climate in those colder months, mm-hmm. um, you know, so a little bit of something here and there, not such a big deal, but we're really meant to be leaning into those root vegetables and the squashes and potatoes and, you know, good quality, um, you know, meats and proteins, making sure that we're getting a lot of um, fat soluble vitamins, you know, from eggs and um, the liver and organ meats. You know, we did an episode with James um, Barry mm-hmm. from Pluck. Right. Um, on organ meats. You guys can go back and listen to that if you want to. Um, but, um, you know, it is about just also just that mindfulness of like, are we eating real food? Yeah. Are we reducing our toxin load? There are things around that we are unfortunately bombarded with, whether we know it or not, that we can't just get rid of. Um, but again, like us being mindful, hot Epsom salt baths, sauna, um, you know, this is why hot and cold, plun- like cold plunges and sauna are so great is because it, it pushes the body towards being more adaptable to extreme temperatures, mm-hmm. which also increases, um, you know, our metabolism and, you know, and so forth. So, so many things we could go into. Yeah, no, exactly. I, th- I think it's, it's pretty simple to, um, you know, <laughs> It's pretty simple to sort of like stock up, you know, go load up on some supplements. You know, we obviously a lot of most people don't think of it as vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc and, um, you know, the the cascade of things that we need to actually kind of keep our the the immune system up and running. Um, And we want to encourage you to really consider like we got to make sure that you're also doing this on the regular that, that like you're you're checking in with your doctor monitoring by your vitamin d levels throughout the year so maybe you understand what your what, what your levels are and how they might change from summer to winter so you can adjust those that that intake as needed maybe you need to do a little sad prevention of the seasonal effective mm. Happy disorder. lamps. Happy lamps. Exactly. <laughs> if you know anybody who lives in, in the Northwest, you'll know that that's a pretty common purchase um, and, and like a household item. 
Um, Can I add a note to this really fast? Yeah, of course. Um, I just want to say really quick, also for those those of you listening about vitamin D, um, you know, we're not meant to be on vitamin D year round. And just taking straight vitamin D actually isn't good for the body because we need vitamin K2 and we need magnesium. Now, vitamin K2 is in leafy greens. Um, You can purchase vitamin D with K2, um, but we need them in conjunction, all three together in order for our body to uptake vitamin D. But also if you're somebody, and I'm actually one of these people, I used to be taking vitamin D year round because I just notoriously had low vitamin D. And what was not getting resolved with what was going on in my gut. And so it's just a, like a little thought bubble um, just for people out there that, um, you know, if your vitamin D is notoriously low, um, please work with a skilled practitioner because, you know, unfortunately, we've seen a lot of people like overdosing on vitamin D or doing too much of it. But it is therapeutic. So if you're going through an illness or, you know, an event in which um, your body is feeling down, that's when vitamin D can, especially um, in slightly higher doses for a short period of time, be really helpful um, to the immune system. So I just wanted to put that little note. No, it's a really great footnote and actually kind of helps give some better perspective, you know, for how to use it. Um, I think a, a blanket use, you know, is something to to question um, and because yeah, we should, the idea is that supplements should help us get the boat to float. Right. And that, and that once the boat is floating, our body is, is able to maybe help either create, produce um, and digest you know, and, and absorb some of these nutrients from our food. So anyway, that is, and that is all doing the gut work. So yeah, well said. Yeah. Um, but so what we want to encourage you to think about too, is like, let's say you do get sick, right? It, it's sometimes it, like it, it's not inevitable, um, but it certainly can, can happen, whether it's a small cold or the full fledged flu or pneumonia or something along those lines. And what we want to encourage you to think about um, are ways that, again, that you can kind of gear up. So that when when it does happen, you're not having to run around everywhere to sort of fetch things, um, to pay attention to your body um, and to listen to its signals. Obviously, if you one of the big things that Cheryl and I we talked about before we got on today was our belief about the fever, you know, and how important the fever is. Um, you know, there is a belief system out there of shutting it down over a certain degree and a certain temperature, particularly in kids. Um, we got to be careful once we start to dance around 102, especially 103. Um, mm-hmm. But we certainly, you know, if you're dancing, if you if, if you have that fever window um, of a, like 99, you know, to 101, see what you can do to tolerate it, um, to, to allow your body to just sort of, that's a really kind of healthy fever in a way that kind of allows it to burn mm-hmm. off. Um, you know, oftentimes my mom growing up, she would, you know, help me manage um, my congestion, but she wouldn't kill the fever and then allowing me hopefully to break that fever in the middle of the night. Um, And so that my body could just do its job and you'd feel like a whole new person in the morning. And I feel like, unfortunately, just like with everything, you know, there's this fear of germs, a fear of getting sick, a fear of a fever, a fear of being, you know, just being down. Um, 
you well, know, it's too God. bad. Because, oh, sorry. I didn't mean no, I was, just thinking about, <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking more about just like, you know, I think there's post COVID, there's just a lot more, right. you know, anxiety around it. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. No, of course. Well, and I was just going to say that, you know, again, the body is smart. The body mm-hmm. is heating up because it's trying to make the body sweat and detox. And so when we suppress fevers, um, two things happen. We're suppressing the body's natural ability to detox. But also when we suppress a fever, whether that's through the use of Tylenol or other um, medications, we actually deplete the, um, our glutathione. And glutathione is necessary for detoxification of the body. So we're actually sort of putting like a double whammy on the body's ability to detox. And we're actually impairing it further from doing its job. So while it may make that temperature go down and like, look, there's always a time and place for some things. If somebody has a really high long going fever, you know, having, you know, interventions can be necessary because you don't want something to go for too long. But, and the majority of the time, um, the body's going to work it out. And so we do need to trust the body and listen to the body's signals and pay attention. And, um, you know, I think there is, I think you, you nailed it, especially sort of post COVID, um, a lot of overreaction maybe. And I say that in a nice way, um, to like fevers or like, you know, even abuse of vitamin D, you know, I had, a, I had mm-hmm. somebody I know who, was taking so much vitamin D because they didn't want to get COVID and they just heard vitamin D helps prevent COVID. They didn't do any other research around it. And like, well, yes, vitamin D supports the immune system. They were taking so much of it. They actually calcified their heart tissue and gave themselves a small heart attack because they were taking very high, you know, what are therapeutic doses, but for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. And so look, there's always two sides are like, different thought bubbles around things. So like, right. right. Um, you know, I think this is again, like, look, you know, I always tell people like my arm gets ripped off. I want a surgeon, yep. you know, sometimes antibiotics can be life-saving, but they're overprescribed. And mm-hmm. so, and they destroy everything in the gut, both good and bad. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have to sort of be more mindful along with fevers, but also that we're not just going and throwing whatever um, at the thing, Right. Because again, things like tunnel can deplete glutathione. Um, antibiotics mm-hmm. need to be prescribed for the correct thing and not viral things, um, you know, and so forth. And so letting things run their course for a bit um, mm-hmm. and also trusting the body is really important. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, it's just like this trusting the body is just is the key. The thing I, I keep coming back to is that there's this fear of being sick. Um, there's a culture around us and I, you know, speak for myself where around, I don't know that I can really be down for a day. It doesn't, I don't really know what that means. I run a business, you know, I have, I have a family being down for a day, um, isn't always in my language. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so I feel like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
put, I'm going to throw some medicine at it sometimes and, but to my detriment, right? Really what I need to do is just get the rest I need. In fact, you know, I'll share candidly that I just, like I wrote, I had a ride out of migraine that started on Tuesday morning and just, I feel like I'm just getting out of it this morning. Um, and it's because I just didn't freaking stop and slow down and eat and rehabilitate and take care of my body. Although it was screaming at me to do that. Um, and so I thought I knew better. I could get past it. I could push through and it just kept lingering for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. So anyway, that that's all to say like, Hey, you know, do yourself a favor. This is also just about self-advocacy, setting boundaries, asking for what you need, calling it a favor, being mm-hmm. vulnerable with your colleagues, um, you know, calling it a, a mental health day, whatever you need to do yeah. to actually just be sick for a while. And, and it's self-care. Yeah, right. It's self-care. It, if it you is. can't, if you're too busy, you're too this, you're too that, you're too other to stop and listen to your body and take care of yourself, that is a problem. Yeah, yeah, true. And I think, you know, there's a that patterning of just assuming that it's inevitable that we are always going to be sick, that colds are just part of life, that constant congestion during allergy season, you know, is just part of life. Um, and and uh, if, if you're new to this podcast, just know that you know, our belief system here is that these are all signals that our body is giving us to help support it and change change something. It needs support. And that our job as our own self-advocates is to start peeling back that onion and peeling back the layers and trying to figure out what is the root cause of, of these symptoms and these patternings that, that are coming up. So Anyway, this is just a little, a quick little jump in here to say, hey, it doesn't have to be cold and flu season. We don't, we're not stuck with it. No, we're not stuck with it. And the best action is what I like to call pre-action. <laughs> have things mm-hmm. ready so that if, if and when, again, your body needs support healing, you have the things. So a quick things I like to have in my pocket theory, because yeah. we said we were going to give you some things that we think are helpful. One, bone broth. I already mentioned that. You know, And there are mm-hmm. companies that are making bone broth and you can keep it in your cabinet, kettle and fire, people who are making good stuff. Um, I actually found kettle and fire at the Costco the other day. Awesome. I was like, holy cow. Um, but things that I like to have around, garlic, um, garlic mulein oil, um, which I find really good. Earaches, ear congestion, things of that nature. Elderberry syrup, one of my go-tos. Like you don't even have to do elderberry syrup every day. Um, you know, just having a shot of it two, three times a week can be really immune supportive. You can increase that a little bit. Um, obviously, if you're feeling like you're on the edges of the thing. Um, I and also just as a note, I'm not a big fan of like um the gummies, more because a lot of times you read the ingredients, they have a lot of sugar and corn syrup and additional things. Again, um, think about, you know, are we counter-affecting counter what we're doing? Um, Slow-release vitamin C, but even just having like lemons around, oranges, citrus, so you can squeeze that in your water can be really helpful. Zinc. Zinc helps to get into the cell. Um, so zinc is a big one. Um, I'm a big fan of ginger root. I have ginger root, ginger powder, and turmeric root, turmeric powder, 
on hand all season long. I always will add that into soups, into my beans, into whatever I'm having, ginger tea, other um, peppermint tea, which is actually more cooling, but stomach bugs, right? Thinking about things that are heat, um, you know, things that are going to kind of soothe. Um, I'm a huge fan of slippery elm bark, um, both for the gut because it's a mucilaginous herb, um, helps with, again, those stomach things, but also you can actually grind it up and mix it with honey and um, make lozenges out of it. So if, for throat irritation. So I like to say it's good for anything irritated. Um, and again, those soup stews. And um, I also am a big fan of Beeler's broth. Um, you know, if you're not feeling well, the idea of just sort of eating down, um, you know, where we're not overwhelming the body. Because when we're eating a lot, what we're doing is the body has to do all that extra work to process all that food. Um, and a Beeler's broth is a great way because it's high in vegetables and minerals and, again, ginger root, lots of warming, healing um, foods and herbs. Um, and so that's something that I usually like to make. But when we eat down, we also increase what's called autophagy. Um, so we're allowing the cells to actually turn over faster and heal the body faster. And that's why the kind of eating down philosophy um, works so well. And also Epsom salts, get in an Epsom salt bath, even if you have a fever, help the body do its job because um, it's already heating up. So that's um, those are some of the things that I keep in my box. I have other things. I'm a big fan of homeopathy um, and so forth. But um, those are some of my big ones. Oh, and astragalus. Oh, love astragalus. I like to say it's like nature's antibiotic. Um, so that's usually the stuff I always have around. Um, but, you know, I have other things, too. <laughs> Nancy's struggling yes. with a cat in the background. <laughs> She's coming back. Colloidal <laughs> silver is another one. Yes. I, I could go all day with my list. But, like, you guys yeah. kind of get the idea, you know, mm -hmm. of sort of like. Yeah. No, I would reiterate a lot of those. Some of those um, are not in my toolkit. But absolutely, I will start to adapt them. Um, I also just, you know, kind of take a lot of those things regularly, especially if I'm feeling run down or if I just need it like a, a period of time where I need to kind of zip things up. Um, and so they're always like easily at hand. Um, yeah. And I want to just reiterate the eating down um, idea and that not everybody might not know what that means. So it's not fasting and it's um, it really just means that you are eating less. simpler foods and eating less. Yeah. So like the body can focus its time and energy less on digesting complex foods and more on actually just getting the healing done that it needs. Yeah. Um, and like you're saying, the, the autophagy is like allowing the cells to actually, again, what we're doing is it allowing the cells and the immune system and everything else going on to sort of focus its attention and like in the place where we needed to. Um, it does. We we take for granted that you know the process of digestion and, and absorption takes a lot of energy. It does. It's actually um, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. And what we want to do is um, is rest and give ourselves the time uh, to just be to take a break. Um, it's truly is just give the body a chance to heal. You know, Cheryl, you mentioned before we got on that that's actually what we really try to do when 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 people are diagnosed with cancer. I mean, just a whole idea of just like, yeah. again, letting the body do its thing. 
don't don't distract it. Um, let it do its thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think this is just really, you know, hopefully you've taken a couple things away today that will help you rethink and relook at some of your own habits, um, some of your toolkit. Um, hopefully, you know, what we can consider, you know, a given might start to shift and maybe you could start this season as a cold-free, flu-free season for you and your family and, um, or just something that isn't as intense, you know, we might get a little sniffle here and there and might get like whacked over the head a little bit, but see if we can notice the differences, um, if we can take some really good steps and trying to really take care of ourselves. And if you do get sick, guess what? Let's reframe it. Thank you, body. Yeah. Thank you for detoxing. Thank you for reminding me to rest. Thank you, body, for doing a great job of taking care of me, right? Like, That's let's right. reframe this thing, like, again, by reducing top crap foods, toxins, and stress, focusing yeah. on good hydration, focusing on good thoughts, focusing on self-care, and all of that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, our, our bodies. Yeah, if, if our body's strong and adaptable, it can it can take these little germs and say, no, 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 thank you. I'm so sorry. You don't belong here. It's time to go now, and 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 it'll get rid of it. Um, and so, you know, it's anyway, it's not a given. And um, let's let let's try to create robust immune systems this season. Support them. Um, yeah, that's right. So in light of that, uh, Cheryl and I have two new additions to our book club re recommendations. Um, yeah. Cheryl, you're going right into the belly of the whale. Why don't you share yours first? As I like to do, right to the, <laughs> right to the belly, to the root. <laughs> um, I actually, um, my book rec for this week is called um, Shackled. It's the history of sugar and toxic addition. Um, ah. Toxic. I can't even say the word addiction. Yeah. Wow. So, you know what, guys? We're not unfollowable. There you go. So, <laughs> bloopers live for you. Um, but it's by um, Jeffrey Eisenberg, MD, and it really gets into the history um, of sugar. I mean, you know, sugar used to be historically considered a spice, um, mm. it was not sugar like we have today. Um, and so, it really, um, you know, breaks apart. Um, how you know sugar affects our neurological selves, our immune systems, um, the toxic exposure behind it, um, this you know processing of food, all the you know fake food and all the places where sugar sinks in and hides, and how we really do have a problem of sugar addiction. Um, so yes, it's a good read um, for sure. The belly of the whale. <laughs> yeah we really think about how we kind of get sick and stay sick it, it really has a lot to do with with our toxin overload and one of the simplest toxins that we take for granted every day is sugar so it's a fair one it sucks but it is what it is because <laughs> i do like my own fair share <laughs> um, i'll take and a that. little every once in a while yeah. NBD, you know I but know. I know. You know. I had I had my annual box of nerds on Halloween night. I yep, did. I had my one Reese's cup. It nice. was it was enjoyable. So yeah. yeah, you know. All right, Nancy has also what's your rec? 
Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm jumping in with a cookbook, actually. And it comes from actually one of my favorite flu- food bloggers. Um, and her name is is Janine Donofrio. Don- Donofrio. I'm sorry, Janine, if I did not pronounce your name correct. But she runs the site loveandlemons.com. It's all spelled out, love and lemons. Uh, she has an amazing new book out called Simple feel good food. And I I actually, I want to point you guys to her amazing new book, but also I can't, can't recommend her blog enough. Now I will say, um, as a caveat, her style of cooking is very fresh, California. A lot of it is raw, um, but it, a lot of it is also very cooked. So I don't, I don't want to confuse anyone with our, our just our conversation about winter weather eating and wanting to really eat soft cooked foods. The reason why I love Love and Lemons is because they take she and her she actually works a lot with her husband Jack um, in, in partnership. But so she and Jack really take a viewpoint of eating well and simply throughout the year. And in fact, if you want to go back and listen to our our episode with Lena DeGloma and talk about how to prevent allergies throughout the year, it really is about paying attention to our health and the way that we're eating consistently, um, simply clean with fresh ingredients and lots of flavor throughout the year that keeps us motivated and, and interested and engaged in a healthy diet. So this is all to say, I love Love and Lemons. Um, a good friend of mine, shout out to Colleen, uh, shared her book, her first book with me many years ago, and I'm still a tried and true fan. So I hope you guys will be too. Yeah. Anyway, I'm that's excited. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys can see all the books from our guests, from us on our website at Peeling Onion podcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Peeling the Onion Podcast. And then please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the things. Help us keep this podcast um, going. Help us to get more listeners. Share with your friends um, and all the magical things and keep peeling the onion and we'll see you guys soon. Bye guys. Keep peeling the onion. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Peeling the Onion Podcast. If we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and online at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg DeJazu and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the onion.